Alrighty, we covered a ton in torts today. Now we're continuing our discussion on violations of statute, and we've been talking about the applicability of statutes into negligence per se, which means as a matter of law, meaning even though it doesn't necessarily say that this is negligence in the statute, we apply it as negligence anyways. And we've talked about several cases already, I guess only two to introduce. We talked about Osborne and we talked about Markham Corp. And now we're starting to move into a couple more cases. We've got Nave versus Yellow Cab. What happened here is that the person, taxi driver, had his car stolen as he left it unattended and it went off and the person crashed it into the plaintiff. Well, what we learn here is that the courts are trying to determine what's the purpose of the statute. And if the purpose is met, then we can apply negligence per se. Here it's actually interesting because the purpose of the statute was seen as a traffic regulation, but instead of applying it as such, they did say that this applies because they want to prevent runaway vehicles. And well, what ended up happening in this case, it was a runaway vehicle. But the courts are going to have a ton of discretion to, even if things don't line up exactly, they can broaden it out a bit, search for a couple of different places to determine, yes, this was negligent per se. We have Perry versus SN and SN. What happened here is really sad. There was a failure to report a child abuse, which is a criminal statute. It's a misdemeanor. But the plaintiffs in this case are trying to get negligence as a civil thing as well for failure and to report. So it's criminal. They're trying to get it for civil. Well, it's obvious here as far as the first two elements is who is the protected class? Well, that's going to be children. And what is the purpose of having a statute that says you need to report? Well, it's to prevent this child abuse. Both those things happen. So this first element of the test is met. However, there's a third part, which is, is it appropriate to apply negligence per se in this case? And the court says no. And the reasons why is because it's not fair, workable, or wise are the terms that they use. And the reasons for that is because there was no duty imposed by the common law, meaning the common law did not make it a duty to begin with. And this is a statute, which common law statutes are different. So because there is no duty imposed by the common law, the courts are very hesitant to apply a duty via the statute when the statute is not clear that there is a duty. Second is that there's notice, meaning how much knowledge does the person have that they might be held to this What's it take for somebody to report? Is it just rumors? Are rumors sufficient to be held liable for negligence in this case? And then finally, there's this disproportionate effect, meaning there are the person who committed the crime is much worse than the person who did not commit the crime. And applying this negligence per se in a civil case would make this civil and this criminal uh, situation, it would put them on equal footing, even though the person ended up doing much worse. So that's Perry. 
And consequently, the court said it was not appropriate to apply negligence per se in that case. So now we have effect of statute, which is moving on from the applicability of violations of statute to the effect of violating these statutes. And it's really, what is the effect of saying that someone is negligent or contributory negligent per se? Well, we begin with Martin V. Herzog and what happened here, early 1900s, I'm guessing. Uh, There's a person with a car. He's driving. It's late. He's got his headlights on. It's a little foggy, maybe. Uh, Kind of hard to see. There's this buggy on the road, and the buggy is hit by the person driving on the road. And the buggy sues, saying, "You you were driving in the middle of the road. You shouldn't be doing that. And the defendant, in this case, counters, countersues by saying, well, you contributed to that because you were contributory negligent. You should have had your lights on because the buggy did not have a light to signal that there's the case. And it was dark out. It was late. And the statute was designed to protect drivers. And did they feel the harm? Yes, there was a crash. There was an accident. So it passes that test. And it's wholly unexcusable that the buggy did not have lights on. But that does signify that there can be excuses. And this transitions to Zinni versus Anderson. This case, there was a person walking on the road to work. It was snowy, middle of winter. Actually, it was March. It's March the winter. I think it is. End of the winter, but tons of snow still on the ground. Uh, it's up in Michigan, so that makes sense. But the person was hit by a car. Probably didn't fully scrape it as they should have scraped it. And the courts say, well, you're negligent per se. Let me back up just a little bit. Zenny's hit. She sues, saying you should have scraped it. And Anderson countersues, saying, well, you were in violation of the statute. And the statute said you needed to be on the sidewalk, or if you weren't on the sidewalk, you needed to be walking on the opposite side of the road. Here, that was not the case because the sidewalk was icy, and there were several people who had fallen. There was a pedestrian path on the road because the sidewalk was full of snow and ice, and then the opposite side of the road wasn't an option. It was going to put them in greater danger. What I'm trying to get into here is that there are excuses that people can make to being in violation of a statute. And that's this approach that the court takes here to determine if somebody is negligent per se. Meaning, if you are accused of being negligent, do you have a rebuttable presumption, meaning an excuse? And the court here uses the restatement second of torts to determine whether or not this individual had an excuse. There are five ways the restatement says that you can have an excuse. It's incapacity. You did not know of the extent or scope of the statute. You're unable to comply. You're confronted with an emergency or violation or compliance, I should say creates a risk for other people. 
we're going to want to be careful when we apply statutes, well, excuses to statutes, them being in violation. It's because the courts put a lot of weight on the statutes, especially the jury, because the jury doesn't like to see, oh, they were in violation of statute. They broke the law. They don't want to see excuses. So even though excuses are going to always be allowed to be presented in evidence, this is something that should be pretty careful in doing because we want to make sure that we're trying to put forth the best argument and juries sometimes don't like that. With that said, that finishes up a violation of statute and we're going to be getting into something else on Monday. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice, and with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.